0: European Hearts Journal issue at a glance, volume 39, issue 32, focus issue on atrial fibrillation, by Editor in Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. Atrial fibrillation and stroke, anticoagulation in trials and real world settings. Stroke is a devastating event for patients and their families alike. For cardiologists, embolic strokes are most important as these are potentially preventable by appropriate measures such as drugs and interventions. Besides hypertension, a patent for ovale and aortic and carotid plaques, atrial fibrillation is one of the most important causes of stroke. Indeed, The importance of left atrial thrombus formation and neurological events, as well as the protective role of anticoagulants, is well established. In their clinical review, Stroke Prevention in Atrial Fibrillation, Redefining Real-World Data Within the Broader Data Universe, Renato Lopez and colleagues from the Duke Medical Center in Durham, North Carolina, USA, Remind us that although real-world data have received increasing attention from regulatory authorities and professional societies, dividing evidence into that derived from real-world versus non-real-world sources provides only one element of a larger framework for evidence evaluation. Evidence should be evaluated on the source of the data, the method of treatment allocation, i.e. randomised or simply observed, as used in practice, and the context in which the evidence was generated, i.e. overall study design. A study incorporates real-world data when it primarily uses data collected for non-research purposes, such as insurance claims or health records, regardless of study design. Separation of study design data source, and context, enables parallel evaluation of critical elements 1. whether a study can support claims of causal inference, which can be assured with confidence only where patients are assigned to treatments by protocol, and 2. whether the study population and clinical context mirror clinical practice, a strength of observational studies. Observational studies employing real-world data are useful for describing how oral anticoagulants are used in clinical practice, but generally cannot be used to make claims regarding comparative treatment effects. Questions regarding treatment effect generally are best answered through a randomized clinical trial, and additional pragmatic randomized clinical trials are needed to evaluate key clinical questions about the prevention of thrombotic events in atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation ablation is usually performed with continuous anticoagulation, although evidence for it is lacking. In their fast-track, a pixaban in Patients at Risk of Stroke Undergoing Atrial Fibrillation Ablation, Paulus Kirchhoff and colleagues from the University of Birmingham in the UK note that the safety of vitamin K and non-vitamin K antagonist oral anticoagulants on cognitive function after ablation are not known. Thus, they randomised 674 patients with stroke risk factors undergoing atrial fibrillation ablation to continuous apixaban 5 mg bid or vitamin k antagonists INR 2-3, in a prospective open multicenter study with blinded outcome assessment the primary outcome occurred in 6.9% on apixaban and in 7.3% on vitamin k antagonists p equals 0. 0.0002 for non-inferiority. Cognitive function increased by one Montreal Cognitive Assessment Unit at the end of follow-up, without differences between groups. In analyzable MRIs, acute brain lesions were found in 27.2% randomised to apixaban and 24.8% randomised to vitamin K antagonists. Thus, continuous apixaban is a safe and effective alternative to vitamin K antagonists, in patients undergoing atrial fibrillation ablation at risk of stroke with respect to bleeding, stroke, cognitive function, and MRI-detectable brain lesions. These intriguing findings are put into context in an editorial by Christopher B. Granger from the Duke University Medical Center in Durham, North Carolina, USA. Cardioversion has traditionally been recommended after prolonged anticoagulation with vitamin K antagonists, unless atrial fibrillation was of very short duration. Today, non-vitamin K oral anticoagulants, or NOACs, are an alternative. This has been tested in a fast track entitled apixaban compared to heparin-slash-vitamin-K antagonist in patients with atrial fibrillation scheduled for cardioversion, the Emanate trial. Michael Ezekowitz and colleagues from the Sydney Kimmel Medical College in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, USA compared apixaban 5mg BID or 2.5mg BID in those with two of the following age over or equal 80 years, weight less than or equal 60 kilograms, a serum creatinine more than or equal 133 micromoles per litre, to heparin-slash-vitamin-K antagonism in 1,500 patients with atrial fibrillation with less than 48 hours anticoagulation prior to cardioversion. Comparing apixaban to heparin-slash-vitamin-K antagonists, there were 0% versus 0.8% strokes, no systemic embolism, and 2 versus 1 deaths. In the safety population, there were 0.4% versus 0.8% major and 11 versus 13 clinically relevant non-major bleeding events. On imaging, 60 out of 61 patients with thrombi continued randomised treatment all without outcome events. Thus, rates of stroke and bleeding were low with both treatments, supporting apixaban for anticoagulation of patients with atrial fibrillation undergoing cardioversion. The results are further discussed in a thoughtful editorial by Kenneth W. Mahaffey from the Stanford University Medical Center in Palo Alto, California, USA. Oral anticoagulation has been advocated with increasing evidence to prevent stroke in patients with atrial fibrillation for many years. However, its uptake by physicians and patients alike was slow. In their article, A Ten-Year Study of Hospitalised Atrial Fibrillation-Related Stroke in England and Its Association with Uptake of Oral Anticoagulation, James Campbell Cohen and colleagues from the Leeds General Infirmary in the UK determined in a real-world setting whether changing patterns of anticoagulant use in atrial fibrillation have impacted on stroke rates in England. The number of patients with atrial fibrillation increased linearly over a decade from 692,054 to 983,254 with a prevalence of 1.29% and 1.71% respectively. hospitalizations for atrial fibrillation-related stroke per 100,000 patients increased from 80 per week in 2006 to 98 per week in 2011 and declined to 86 per week in 2016. Anticoagulant use amongst those with CHA2DS2VASC greater than 2 increased from 48% to 79% and antiplatelet use declined from 43% to 16%. After adjustment, a 1% increase in anticoagulant use was associated with a 0.8% decrease in the weekly rate of atrial fibrillation-related stroke. Thus, within a decade, atrial fibrillation prevalence and anticoagulant use in England increased, leading to a decline in hospitalised atrial fibrillation-related strokes. These robust results are put into clinical context in a balanced editorial by Ben Friedman from the Heart Research Institute in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. Atrial fibrillation is often associated with comorbidities such as hypertension and heart failure. In their article, Targeted Therapy of Underlying Conditions Improve Sinus Rhythm Maintenance in Patients with Persistent AF, Results of the RACE-3 Trial, Isabel C. Van Gelder and the RACE 3 investigators investigated whether treating comorbidities such as mild to moderate heart failure would improve sinus rhythm maintenance in early persistent atrial fibrillation. They randomized 245 patients to rhythm control or intervention therapy consisting of 1. mineralocorticoid receptor antagonists, 2. statins three, renin-angiotensin inhibitors, and four, cardiac rehabilitation. At one year, sinus rhythm was maintained in 75% in the intervention and 63% in the conventional group, with an odds ratio of 1.8, P equals 0.042. Thus, RACE 3 shows that targeted therapy of heart failure improve sinus rhythm maintenance in patients with persistent atrial fibrillation, a finding that is further assessed in an editorial by Paulus Kirchhoff from the University of Birmingham in the UK. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of his readers.